0: Live from the Motor City all the way to the Volunteer State. It's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast. Where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports. From college football to NASCAR, we've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world famous Bet Your Nuts. Where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime.
1: Welcome, welcome to Reckless Speculation. Uh, I'm Robbie Davis. I'm here tonight, and the first time in a long time wearing my glasses. I don't know if I have a bit of pink eye or an eye infection or something going on, but I have my glasses on. Uh, they're a a little crooked, so you'll see me trying to adjust them to keep them straight all night, but thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to be here, our formats to keep it under an hour. Uh, you know, you can take a walk with the podcast or you can, uh, drink for an hour like we're going to do tonight. But anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. We're going to be talking, um, about the volunteers basketball and their, Uh, losing their point guard, talk a little bit about Alabama basketball, some of the bubble watch, bubble watch. We're going to uh, get into the MLB rules changes, um, how that's going to affect the game, uh, and then the Bears' number one pick, and possibly my favorite, if we get to it, some NASCAR. But before we get into all that, I want to introduce our team. Um, First of all, we have uh, my longtime buddy, Brandon
2: Chain. Brandon, how are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, excited to talk a little sports tonight you know it's kind of a down sports season but we do have college basketball ramping up so we do and and Brandon has
1: uh the reckless speculation hat on um we are Mm -hmm. working on some swag and we will be having those out soon maybe a weekly poll question trivia questions give some away and then in uh Michigan Tom Sloan
0: good evening fellas how we doing
1: we're doing well we have i assume some late arrivals that'll be joining us i don't know if they're here yet uh He's i can not not see what yet. i can see he has not um,
0: made it to the green room uh unfortunately
1: <laughs> uh well before we get to sports um i think there's something that is um that just needs to be talked about so for those of you who don't know um Prior to this weekend this past weekend, Brandon, Tom and myself, well so, so Brandon and Brandon and myself had never met Tom in real life. Brandon and I know each other, but Tom and Tom and us did not. So Tom came down to Tennessee and uh, Tom tell us about your visit. Well, uh, it was a blizzard or a ice storm in Michigan. he'd yeah. come down to Tennessee. It was unseasonally warm down here, so tell us, tell us about Tennessee. What were your expectations, the thoughts once you got here, and your takeaways? And then we have, obviously, a story to tell at the end.
0: Well, I'm familiar with Tennessee, uh, being that I have some family down in the Knoxville area. So I'm I'm pretty familiar with it. So, yep, I mean, anybody that was listening or watching last week uh, knew that there was a power issue. And uh, we lost power a couple times. Hopefully it didn't affect the show too much. So um, with that being said, we hit the road on Thursday morning. And and got into chattanooga uh it was about 6 six thirty, and no sooner did we get out of the car we get a call from our good buddy rich jasper and saying hey um we don't have power so it goes all day no power um so now we're concerned and um so we you know we get everything squared away and you know we hit the town and we had a good night on on uh thursday night had a nice dinner uh then you know, Friday we we get up early. We're in Chattanooga downtown, and uh, Brandon meets up with us, and and then we go over and we meet Randall, and and all is good, and we go back and go out to dinner, and then I get a, I get a call that I was not looking forward to hearing. Uh, uh, so in the meantime, we set up a situation to where we had a, a friend of ours uh, go and pick up our dog because we were concerned about no power. It's going to be too cold. You know, just, you know, not a comfortable situation for her. So we set up a situation where, uh, our friend's going to pick the dog up, whatever. Uh, so Friday night they go to take her outside and she gets spooked and pulls out of her collar and, uh, takes off running. Uh, so they wait about an hour and a half before they call. Cause they were trying to, you know, see if they could get her, but unfortunately they couldn't. So he makes the call and we're sitting at dinner and, And I see who's calling and I'm like, uh oh, (laughs) they have a pretty big, big dog themselves. So we thought that maybe there was an incident where they got into a fight. Well, that wasn't the case. Um, She gets off her collar and takes off running. So uh, needless to say, uh, that put an end to my Tennessee trip. Unfortunately, the wife and I got in the car, drove nine hours straight through, got back to Michigan um, Saturday morning around 830 started the the search and and uh, uh unfortunately, here we are uh, day six, and she still isn't home the The encouraging factor here is that she's been spotted several times. She has not uh, gone too far away from where she took off from, so we have uh, an individual uh, from this area. That is working with us. They're called the South Lion Murphy Dog Recovery Group. Uh, they're amazing people and they basically volunteer their time and and efforts to go out and try to recover dogs and and they do this all on a donation base. They don't charge, but you know, obviously this is gonna be a donation. So she's on the scene and and um and we're very thankful. And she has a list of rules that we're not allowed to break, and they're pretty strict. So uh, it's tough. And one of the rules is we, we're not allowed to go out looking for her. And that, and that for the wife and I, that's probably the the, the toughest thing to deal with. Um, her being out there, not being able to, you know, go and look for. Her. So we're trusting the process, and you know, hopefully within the next day or two, we can recover her. Uh, got a huge snowstorm coming. Tomorrow we're expected eight inches to 12 inches of snow. So, um, not a very comforting, uh, situation, but the, the woman is very, uh, adamant that the, the, the elements don't affect her. So I'm trusting her and hopefully we'll, uh, by next show, we'll have good news, but, uh, definitely something to follow. And, uh, unfortunately it, it caused, uh, a, an abrupt end to what would have been a really fun weekend of, of, Tennessee baseball and basketball, but um obviously uh duty calls when you got you know, I don't have children of my own, so that she's like a daughter to me. So I'm that was get in the car and just go. So it's it's been a
1: pretty rough week. Yeah, it's always tough to have a dog missing like that. Um, what's that? What's do y'all remember the movie with Mel Gibson when his daughter gets kidnapped or her son gets kidnapped? And they're like, don't pay the ransom. Then he goes off on his own and tries to ransom. <laughs> there we go. That's a, what a obvious title yeah. to that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to say, I'm not going to say if it's good or not because I don't I remember it kind of. I don't remember. Probably not that good. But, um, anyways, um, Raj, welcome. Uh, only 11 minutes late tonight. So, hey,
3: this one was actually fairly justifiable. I don't know what it is about people driving in the rain, especially actually being from California, they're worse, but people in Tennessee, like it just washes away their brains and with full blown non-physical road rage, i lost my mind. So that's why I'm late. But Didn't you text us
1: you were home like a half hour ago though? No, I said I was going
3: to be home in five minutes, but then there was an accident and I spoke too
1: soon. Oh boy.
3: Yeah. So you
1: should, you should have thrown them my cards.
3: And then I'm like, nope. <laughs> Your billboard
1: was right in front of us, so we're good. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um well Tom, we, we all um are we we've been checking in on you and I appreciate keeping up that. with the, the dog update and um yeah, later uh, we will try to get um that company or that that, that charity or that Organizations, information, and see if yeah. we can't do a little bit to help them out. That sounds like a great cause.
0: Oh, they're great. Yep, for sure.
1: Um, but it was good. Good meeting you and your yeah. wife, and uh, it was awesome. We, we had a good thirty hours in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> it was a whirlwind yeah. for sure. Yeah,
2: Tom was actually real. It was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's just a picture on a screen. It's all I've known. So yeah, it, was, it,
0: uh, it was. It was. A, it was fun while it lasted, and then it then it didn't. So. But I'll be back for sure. I'm looking forward to that.
3: Um, if you do, bring your dog next time, dude. Yeah, I have a yeah. fence. Yeah. yeah,
0: I will for sure. I've
3: got a um, fence too. That from
1: sucks. So from one Tennessee story to, to another, um, Saturday the Vols – well, the game Tom was supposed to get to against South Carolina seemed to be a get-right game for the Volunteers, having Josiah Jordan-James back. And their offense seems to be clicking. They had a 40 point win again against South Carolina. Things seem to be going to in the right direction, but then it wasn't Tuesday night. The Vols played a hot Arkansas team, a good Arkansas team, but beat them by 30, 32, whatever the, I can't remember what the point spread was or the point total was now. Um, but three minutes into the game, Zakai Ziegler goes down a non-contact play. Those of us, well, everyone watching us watching us tonight knows what that means in sports. It's usually an ACL. It has been confirmed to be an ACL, which means Ziegler, the Vols' really only true point guard, is now done for the season. Probably missed the early next season. Is Tennessee basketball cursed? I don't know, but, man, it it sure uh, hurts. Raj, you're you're, uh, as big as a college basketball fan as I am. You uh, sometimes get forced to watch more balls action than you do. (laughs) Um, What does this do to the expectations for the volunteers? Uh, Without a true point guard and really no – the best offensive player now is going to have to play point guard. I mean, what, it, do you, what do you think happens? And first,
3: let me say, I like volunteer basketball because I love Rick Barnes. He's a true basketball coach. And Tennessee basketball fans are diehard. They're loyal. They're grounded. Whereas the football fans think uh, they're winning the title every year, even when they're 2-38 the year before. But to answer your question, it, it ends them. It, it really does. I hate to say that because I like Mayshack and a guy that's going to get more playing time. But like you said, Ziegler is their only true point guard. He's the only guy that can create his own shot. He's the only guy that can get into the lane and, and off that first step, penetrate and kick. He is easily their best man defender. In fact, a semifinalist for the National Defensive Player of the Year. He's a three-star kid from long island who came to the south and he is the inspirational leader of that team he is the inspirational leader of that program and in fact rick barnes called him the dna of their program um if that's not enough you know when you look at their best wins which they're a great team they're the number one defensive team in the country and like i said this is their best defender man or otherwise Um, even in zone on rotation, he leads the country in steals or sorry, he's tops on their team in steals. You look at their biggest wins, uh, against Kansas. I wrote it down. He had 14 points and four steals against Texas. He had 22 points and 10 assists, and those were both wins. And then in the win against Bama, he had 15 points, eight assists, and most importantly, zero turnovers, um, I can guarantee you when they lost, like against Kentucky, he was keyed upon. Kentucky can match up well with their uh, little point guard Wheeler. So it's everything, man. Like, who knows? Somebody could go Wally Zerbiak or Carmelo Anthony and just go nuts. But that's their true point. That's their best defender and the only guy that can create his own shot off the dribble or otherwise. That's tough, man. That's real tough.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um and I think you saw the second half against Arkansas. Yeah, this team is good enough to play well for a half or for a game. But without him, without him running the show, without him pestering the the other team, it's just not they're just the you just can't win in March. 3 games in a row, 4 games in a row, 5 games in a row. Without a proven point guard, it's just not the way this tournament works. And, um, and more importantly than that, you are Vescovy getting in foul trouble. One game in foul trouble, and you're going home. And so, unfortunately, yeah, um, it, it, it's sports. But yeah, I I agree with you. I don't. I mean, I do think this, in you know, all intensive purposes, ends the ball season. Now they may. You know, if I'm them, I play BJ Edwards as much as I can at, all, at Auburn. See what you got, um, but it's just it is what it is. It's a another great regular season and probably an early tournament exit. But this is one that no, well, one it's idiotic to blame it on Barnes, but uh, this is this is not one you can do. Um, moving from one. Um, injury situation going I just want to keep going back to this um Alabama situation you know there was now the latest the pat down um entry to the game wherever you know they introduced Brandon Miller and they did a pat down like a frisk in the in the entry line like just kind of mocking this whole situation and I guess the question is, is: Is is there just no adults in the Alabama foot or basketball program or athletic department? Um, Raj, I'll throw it back to you. Just kind of get your take on it before we get to the to the legal aspects. What do you think about just the adults in the room? I mean,
3: it's pretty clear that Alabama's taken on a win at all costs, reputation be damned perspective. Uh, you know, I question. I read that Alabama called this, quote, a group decision to allow Brandon Miller to play those two games since it came out uh, only in court testimony that he was not only on the scene, but came back to the scene and provided the weapon that was used to kill young 23-year-old mother, Jamia Miller. Um, I question University President Stuart Bell. This isn't a group decision, man. Like, this is your decision, and we've heard nothing from him. In fact, in reference to your pat-down, what you just referenced and referred to, rather, Nate Oates is the only voice we've heard. The head basketball coach is running PR. In general, that's a horrible situation. (laughs) Under these circumstances, it's absolutely nightmarish. And you see what happened. The first time he came out and he said, wrong place, wrong time. Horrible thing to say, backtrack, same day. Then when this TSA pat-down uh, pregame happened, a uh, routine, they, you know, they'd done it once before, but come on, man. They all should know better. Oates, again, said, my bad. Uh, this isn't a my bad situation. This is just, you know, basically, the, I don't want to use that analogy, but the guy who should be making decisions and Being the voice of the program and of the university hasn't said a word. So how can we not think that Alabama is selling
1: their soul to win games? Quick. Jane, what do you think about kind of what this looks like for just the Alabama athletic department? And like what Raj said, like, where's the university president or chancellor on this? Like, your star player brought a murder weapon allegedly to a teammate who allegedly or or is charged with murder and then not even not even a half suspension.
2: Yeah. Like I said before, it's unbelievable this situation. Like how, how can he not be charged with anything at this point? Um, you know, cover-ups have been going on in sports for decades now. Uh, you know, this whole new last five, ten years with social media is exposed a lot, uh, and everyone's under a camera at all times. And, you know, word gets around. And it it just seems like just another day at Alabama almost. Like, uh, I'm not accusing them of any past cover-ups that they could have, or, you know, possibly have done, but this one's in the public eye and it's like in our face, like we don't really care. Like we're, we're going to just move forward. Like Raj said, they're selling their soul and, you know, trying to win whatever they can and get the best out of this kid. Um, And it's just unfortunate that, the team has to go through this and in the whole situation. So I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, something's got to be done.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Raj and Tom get on here. I want to talk to, uh, Raj. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to have a discussion with Raj real quick. Then Tom, I'm going to pose a question to you. So I don't want to nerd too, uh, too much out on this. But let me read, uh, Roz, you were, uh, you went to, to law school and you made the wise decision to not practice law. But let me read you the statute. So this is accountability for behavior of another, accessory. Um, so this is the Alabama That's criminal say, statute. This Alabama? Yes. Uh, usually it's called accessory mm-hmm. before the fact. They have just a different term for it. But a person is accountable for the behavior of another constituting an offense. If with the intent to promote or assist the commission of an offense, if he or she procures induces or causes the other person to commit the offense and he or she aids or abets the other person in committing the offense. To me, That sounds like he can be charged if they want to. What are your thoughts here in that statute?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll just caution people that AIDS and abets is not taken individually. Of course, it's viewed as aid him in the commission of the crime, um, but it's essentially not viewed that way. It's not that literal. Um, You know, procure basically legally would be to persuade or to cause. So really, it just comes down to, did Brandon Miller know, or in most states, reasonably know, I don't know what reasonably know means in Alabama, sorry, had to, that his, it's not even the fact that he went back, because that's essentially what Alabama is saying, right? Like there, and so is Brandon Miller. I didn't know, you know, I just went back because my buddy asked me to go back to That scene, I thought, you know, and he can just say, you know, I thought he needed me to pick him up or something like that. So because this was done over phone, not via text, I believe, unless the text specifically said that. He wanted, you know, his piece, his gun his whatever, and that's why he went back. But unless you can prove that Brandon Miller knew he wanted his gun and that's why he was going back you can't prove anything. You can't establish anything. And they're just going to play dumb. And And the law is pretty clear. And knowing that is essentially his intent, meaning that he doesn't have to know that dude was going to kill somebody or shoot a gun or well, maybe shoot a gun. But, you know, he has to be aware that I am going back for the specific purpose of giving him this gun. And he already claimed that he didn't even know it was in there. So until something more is made, there's really nothing that can be done legally, and everyone's just playing dumb. And while that could be the case legally, as you know, it's just so hard to prove, and and it proves the further point. Why doesn't the university president just come out and say that? He didn't know, done. Like, am I wrong here? I mean, I know that Logically speaking, we all know that under the statute, his behavior, meaning Brandon Miller's, Brandon Miller's, could satisfy that and create a, quote, cause of action. But
1: as a defense attorney, what do you say? Well, so, as you know, there's a big difference between being charged with a crime and convicted of a crime. And so... I think there's enough to so so so, and this is uh Tom. Let me bring you on because I'm going to throw a hypothetical to you. I'm going to answer Roger's question and throw a hypothetical to you. You're the you're the Pistons. You're sitting here with the third pick in the NBA draft, third or fourth, wherever you think Brandon Miller is going to go. Um, so if I am the Tuscaloosa, whatever county that's in. Or, if I'm the Tuscaloosa PD or a district attorney, and I want a conviction, or if I want a guilty plea, I should say, then I am I'm charging Brandon Miller also to get the the guy to either roll on him or plead, and you don't want any kind of trial testimony. And so that's kind of where I'm at. So knowing that there's no statute essentially an infinite statute of limitations on murder or murder charges, if you're the Pistons, look, he's an outstanding talent. Are you rolling the dice on drafting him? Or are you saying too much baggage? Uh,
0: looking at the Pistons situation, they're a very young team. Uh, Lots of potential moving down, you know, uh, the next year or so. So with looking at that, I I don't think they touch him for that simple fact. They don't need any uh, situation where uh, he comes to the team, they have chemistry, then boom, there's charges uh, or any just kind of bad press brought to a team that's very young. Uh, Sometimes that's going to affect how uh, teams gel and how teams perform and, and i don't think troy weaver uh looks at this as something that he wants to bring into a, to a, a a locker room that let's face it there's i think the the oldest guy they have on that team is like 27 or 28 so uh knowing what they have right now uh, lots of young talent that that could potentially be go on a nice run in the next you know 3 years we'll say uh i don't bring a player in that potentially is looking at charges. And then also you look at it this way, it, it, the way he, he's kind of handled himself after you being put in the spotlight with the pat down during the, the during the, the announcement. I, I think that's a character flaw. And, and that's a big problem that a, a general manager will look at and say, uh, does this guy really take life serious? Um, if he's kind of making jokes about the situation here. So, For that reason, and then the fact that bad press, I I just I I don't see any situation where he comes to Detroit because it could be uh, something that could disrupt flow, especially with a a, a team filled with a a roster of young guys that have been in the league for two to three years.
1: Yeah, and I've taken taken plenty of depositions of people that, whether it be you know. Hey, I fell asleep at the will or I, you know, I thought it was a green light or whatever, and that have either done something that later, you know, whether it was a death on the scene or a person went to the hospital and died later, and they're devastated. They they really are. It really bothers them, and you can tell when you talk to them and when you depose them and those kinds. of things. I just don't see any of that with anybody with this Alabama program. And I'm just like a young lady, a young mother lost her life. A child is going to grow up without a mother and no one seems to care. And that's just disturbing. Um, but we'll, we'll move on. Um, I, we could talk about this. It's just tragic. And and I just can't let it slip my head. It's just, it's, it's there with me. Um, but, if you've enjoyed the show, we're almost at the halfway point. If you could take a little bit of time and scroll down and like, uh, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the podcast. If you want to comment on things we, we do well, we don't do well, uh, things we can improve on, we're always willing to listen. We appreciate everyone's feedback. Um, so thank you for that. Um, so it is officially march on wednesday i guess yesterday was march the first and so it's bubble time guys the ncaa tournament is around the corner i think it's selection sunday is next sunday and we will be having a special show during the selection sunday we will be uh breaking it down we have some bubble teams i think uh raj's trojan is uh, they may still be on the bubble um, and then we have Michigan, who is currently the first four out. Um, and then Ohio State is oddly ranked high in Ken Palm, but I think they are out. Tennessee safely in, but so as the only team that, or as the team that is right there on the bubble, the closest. Uh, Tom, let's talk about your Michigan Wolverines.
0: Well, yeah, I mean th- it's been a roller coaster season this this year. We'll say uh, very inconsistent. Uh, led by Hunter Dickinson, uh, who probably did himself a disservice by not going pro two years ago. And so I don't see him going anywhere more than uh, Europe, which, you know, he'll probably make a lot of money there. But uh, so there are the first four out basically on a lot of people's bubble list. They lose a heartbreaker tonight in double overtime down in champaign uh, against what my wife calls the fighting Illini uh, would be the, the fighting Illini ninety one eighty seven 87 crazy second half they're down by 12 they fight to uh, uh, you know a lead late in the second half and then they end up squandering it so uh, it at this point it, with this loss tonight I think that pretty much solidifies they're out unless they make some noise in in the Big Ten tournament which it's possible. The big Ten's really down this year. Obviously it's the, uh, sec of basketball, uh, around here. We like to consider that and they just haven't lived up to their, the, the conference hasn't lived up to its name, um, much this year. So if they can find a way to make some noise, um, in, in this tournament, um, <laughs> little, little cut, love you, babe. Uh, I think they can get in, and I think the only way they get in is if they get to the finals uh, or win it outright. Uh, but other than that, I I don't see them getting in, and this loss pretty much solidifies it for them. Unfortunately, I think they were they were down and out a couple times this year, and they they fought back. And today's loss is is probably the the nail in the coffin for them.
1: Hey, Christina just gets wife of the year. She's probably the only wife watching our show right now.
0: <laughs> she so, needs a good distraction too <laughs> yeah
1: so, so thank you for watching so um Raj, usc that's projected to be a 10 seed at the moment um they have arizona at home A that's a win and, and you're in you're good um but then a dangerous arizona state team coming out back after that which that could if they if usc loses to arizona the winner of that game USC, Arizona state, that could be the team going.
3: Yeah, man. Um, by the way, my bet your nuts would have been Arizona state plus 11 and a half at UCLA. Um, right now it's 31, 28 UCLA, but Arizona state was awoken from the dead on that 60 foot, half foot buzzer beater at Arizona. Um, SC did beat ASU at ASU and they beat them handily. It's kind of funny. They were actually up like 24, very late and Arizona state scored like 13 or 14 points with under two minutes left. And I said at the time, like if this matters, all the people in the world are going to see are that score. And the game wasn't even that close. They were killing them. But That doesn't matter. Now what matters is ASU. And yeah, if it comes down to that, it's one game. And anything can happen, especially with 18-year-olds. For USC, if they beat Arizona tonight, I think they're solidly in. Ken Palm 32, they are one of the best, like, Tennessee defensive teams in the country, whether it be when it comes to the metrics and statistically and defensive efficiency and blah, blah, blah. Um, they could be better at perimeter defense, but inside the three point line, I think they were number two in the country, uh, at defensive efficiency, some good wins, some narrow losses, including to a very good Tennessee team, probably at their peak. Uh, you were there in the Bahamas. Um, but you know, moral victories don't get you in. So I would hope they can win tonight. It's a bad matchup with a very tall experienced Arizona team and if they do i think they're in otherwise they have to beat ASU and probably get one or two in the Pac12 tourney lose both and you got to make the finals and uh, that's just the reality
1: yeah the Trojans gave the Vols all they could handle wind overtime the only time they were really challenged in the Bahamas cuz the Kansas game was never close, uh, and neither was the Butler game. And so, yeah, the, the Trojans, they, I walked away impressed. They're, they have length. And if I'm not mistaken, that was without one of the five stars that that uh, has now been, been playing. Yeah, Ben um,
3: Sawupchu, he's a five-star center. Uh, he basically is the epitome of everything you said. Tennessee still would have won. He's a raw kid, but... Yeah, he uh he changes the game there nine and one since he's been back in the lineup, and he's we're still f- finding out how good he can be. Yep.
1: All right, so Brandon, I've got a question for you. So as a casual college basketball fan, which most of America is now, uh it's pretty much the tournament this time of year, you'll start to tune in. So on the bump, so we got last four in, next four out. So The first one out is North Carolina and one of the last four in is Boise state are, would you rather see the North Carolina get in and see if they can make a run or do you want to see, Hey, let's let some of the more teams don't get in often, or do you want the big names even in the high seeds and see if they can make a run? Or do you just like, I just want kind of chaos.
2: I don't mind the big names getting in if they deserve it. Obviously, they've got a big game Saturday against Duke. Uh, You know, if they can pull that off, I think they're in. Uh, But, you know, like you said, as a casual fan, you just want to see March Madness at its greatest. And that's the greatest thing about March Madness is there's buzzer beaters all over the place. And we've actually gotten a little bit of a preview of that within probably the last two weeks or three weeks of uh, college basketball. There's been some buzzer beaters that are, Eerily similar to, uh, or eerie similar to March Madness. So, uh, looking forward to that. I always love March Madness. If you ever get a good chance to go to Vegas and do March Madness, it, it's one of the best times in Vegas. Um, so, for all you fans out there, that that that's a it's a great time. But uh, no, I I just like seeing good basketball. I like seeing buzzer beaters. I like betting on the games. I like just watching. You know, these kids compete, you know, all the heart and no one ever gives up. I mean, 15 seconds left on the clock down by 10 and somehow they come back and win. Like those are those are the games that you want to see. So always look forward to March Madness. I will definitely be watching closely, uh, especially now I've started tuning in. So looking forward to it.
1: Um, yeah, it is. Def- it's my favorite time of the year, the tournament, um, even though I've have heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak but such is life um I'm, I'm looking forward to that and then so um one thing that we're gonna shift now to we're gonna well we're not about our march mass special but i'm gonna shift to kind of what's going on behind the scenes that i find uh very interesting and exciting and probably the first time in at least the last decade, maybe longer, that I've been excited about baseball. Um, the new rule changes, the pitch clock, the hitters having to be set. Uh, I think it's eight seconds beforehand, the the no more shifting. I'm excited about baseball, and I'm not your 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 you know typical baseball fan. So uh I'm gonna turn over to uh raj first uh you talk you talk about it, then raj when you're finished shifts over to tom who y'all are two biggest baseball fans tell us what you guys think about the new rules are you excited or are, you, are you Do you want it to be more freedom i know going to minor league games here the lookouts i love the pitch clock love it yeah
3: i'll uh i'll let tom tackle more of the pitch clock um uh, As a Dodger fan, the shift has been a huge issue with a lot of left-handed hitters. This Freddie Freeman now, um, oddly enough, though, Freddie Freeman, for you Braves fans also, is such an amazing left-handed hitter that he has not, he's not top 10, I believe, in hitters affected by the switch. Like, it doesn't matter to him, but... As a Dodger fan, what I was referencing was a guy, Corey Seager, who statistically still hit 275 over the last three years, but has had the most amount of hits taken from him due to the shift at 58 over that time. In 2013, 4% of played appearances saw the switch. Last year, it was 31.4%, a record high. MLB talks about the game and how kids and people need to identify with it. And, you know, just as a purist watching the game and growing up and playing RBI and even I'm old as hell. So Nintendo baseball. Could you imagine pressing the shift button or, you know, pulling a ball as a lefty and a second baseman moves into right field and gets you out like that would suck? And I'd put in Tecmo Bowl, dude. Like, it's just – it's not baseball. And when they're trying to be more fan-friendly, it's not a coincidence. The same year as the pitch clock rule, the shift rule comes into play. I mean, batting averages across the league went from, like, 250 to 240, 243 in the last, like, X amount of years. And people think, ah, it's not that much. It's actually a ton when you think about all the guys in the league. And basically – you know, it translates to an unwatchable game and, you know, pitchers are affected as well. You, you think about that, like guys, like I think Johnny Cueto, Logan Webb were the two pitchers that were most basically that benefited the most from the switch. Think about those teams that paid them millions of dollars, like San Francisco for both of them, ironically enough. And I won't shed any tears, but it's just crazy how much is affected by like a glitch in the game. If for lack of a better expression and I'm glad it's gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, baseball has kind of slipped away. It's, it's not America's pastime like it used to be many years ago. Um, But I, 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 I'm not really sure how these rule changes are going to, really help the game uh, obviously with the shift being uh, taken away it's going to uh, provide more offense and uh, and obviously that's what MLB wants more offense because uh, that's what people want offense you know scoring brings in more uh, you know viewership which has been down and and sales at the gates have been down so this is definitely a, a, a way to bring in the non-baseball fan and like like Robbie said he's excited for baseball and he's not a baseball fan so interesting enough that uh, the rule changes might just bring in the the you know casual hey it's a nice summer night let's go to the ball game uh type of person so and as far as the pitch clock goes it's going to be in- interesting because there's already been some I- uh issues in the spring training where the the batter's been called out because yep he didn't um he didn't uh you know he was not in the box when he needed to be which it's gonna make the game more cerebral for the hitter instead of them you know trying to guess which pitch is is, is coming they're gonna have to really focus on oh I gotta pick, get back in the box and and so it's more of a chess match for the players um is it gonna affect gameplay I think it will I think you're gonna see some sloppiness early on. And, and, and I don't expect it to get kind of hemmed in until at least the all-star break when, you know, people are really focused in on it. Because, you know, just like football, when they, you know, they changed kind of the rules that uh, the quarterbacks were. Defenders can't hit the quarterback, you know. It had to change the mindset of the of the defensive player. Like, hey, you can't hit the quarterback. Now as a hitter, you know, part of the the mental game, of, of getting into the batter's box was, Oh, I'm going to call timeout. Oh, I'm going to step out of the box Now you can't do that. So you're really looking at a situation where the pitcher might have a little bit more of an advantage, but they have a pitch count. So they're thinking too. So I, I I think the baseball purists are going to look at it as this is, you know, nonsense and and you're taking away from the, the gloriness of the game. But uh, let's face it. Uh, sports are driven by viewership, by tickets purchased, and when when that's been down uh, the last few years, and in footballs reign supreme, uh, baseball needs to find a way to uh, get themselves back on the on the market, and and these rule changes, and and frankly, I'm I'm excited about the fact that you can't shift because I thought shift would took away from uh the sanctity of the game we'll say I, I just thought it cheapened the game and and now that that's gone uh we're going to see some more run production and and i'm 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 as a baseball purist as i like to consider myself uh uh i love baseball i love my tigers there even though they're going to probably break the record in losses this year uh i love it i'm i'm looking forward to what that's going to do for for baseball this year so
1: yeah i agree and i think it's going to Help speed up the game and it's going to help make things more exciting. It's not going to, it's not longer going to be home run or bust or home run or strikeout. It's going to be, hey, there's a gap in here, or the first baseman's playing here and then the, the second baseman, they got to play for the steal or double play. There's going to be a gap instead of there being three infielders on one side. I, I just think it's all good. And yes, yeah, it's, it's about bringing people back to the game. Um, so for instance, Fontana. Um, in NASCAR this weekend, I'm always going to find my NASCAR plug. Fontana was sold out this weekend um, in southern in a very, very, very cold Southern California weekend. And uh, for people that have lived in Southern California, they don't like the cold. But if there to be that many people there, um, it was NASCAR was the first sport to come back after the COVID shutdown. And it got eyes on because they were the only game and play. Uh and that that excitement just for something to watch breeds fandom hood. And then this baseball's got a chance now to win back some people that used to like baseball but stopped. And so I, I think it's a great thing. Um, like I said, who person who mostly goes to minor league games, I love the pitch clock. Let's let's get in in and out of here. Um let's shift from baseball to the baseball's changing as a sport to try to keep up with the sport that is dominating um already on the radio you, you're still talk here talk about Aaron Rodgers what he's going to do what uh what the Jets going to do let's talk about the combines going on right now the bears is any one of y'all any one of y'all going to take a quarterback and trade Justin Fields or all of y'all just saying, Hey, no, we're the bears. We are, uh, trading, trading, getting as much picks as we can chain. will start with you. What are you doing if you're the bears at number one?
2: It's a tough decision. Um, personally, I don't mind the trade. If they do that, it's, You've got a somewhat of a proven commodity. You kind of know what you're working with. And, yeah, he's been slow to progress, but he had a pretty decent season last year. So, you know, you also – you're taking risk on these college guys, um, you know, doing all the measurables, trying to figure out, you know, what the perfect quarterback's going to be for for the stats. And, you know, and that necessarily isn't the case. So – I don't mind them trading and you know trying to actually get some weapons around fields or some offensive line, you know, trying to help him out and actually make him succeed. So that doesn't bother me. I mean, there's tons of people that would trade. Uh, you know, top four in my eyes, um, Colts are kind of on the fence because they they do have the four pick, but you know, they're anxious to get a quarterback. I don't see them trying to bring back in another veteran. And they've been that road too many times and it's just not worked. So Colts, Panthers, uh, Raiders, Falcons, those are all, you know, within the top eight. I think those those guys could make a trade up. Um, They've got the capital to do so and make it a little bit more interesting. But I don't mind the trade for the Bears, but I also see the other side. You know, Fields has been slow to, to get to the game. And, you know, yeah, he, he played well last year. But you look at what they've put around him, he hasn't really been in a place to succeed. So the Bears quarterback situation for the last, I don't know, five years, eight years has been atrocious. So um, it's tough to see. Yeah, I mean, the thing if you're the Bears, you passed on Mahomes to get Trubisky. They traded up to get Trubisky, Mm -hmm. which is – no one even was looking at Trubisky. And they traded up to get – which they could have got at the same spot. They were like, what, sixth pick or seventh pick that year? They could have (laughs) got Trubisky at that pick. Um, It was the worst – Straight you, up, I've ever
1: seen. You one. won't see anything that dumb at our fantasy football draft. <laughs> That's how <laughs> yeah. dumb it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, Tom, you're f- familiar with teams screwing up the quarterback position. Look, so you're Chicago. It's in your division. They took Fields the number one pick two or three years ago and here they are back at the number one pick, which leads you to believe things aren't working out. So what do you do? If you have the bears pick, do you go with uh young uh, clout? What do you do? Raj we will hit, hit you the same question. I mean, dude, it, to me, it's not even
3: a question. Justin Fields had 17 TDs and 11 picks. He was the number seven overall rusher in the NFL. 1,143 yards, a total of 25 touchdowns, I think, with one of the worst offensive lines ever. Compound that with a team with almost 100 million dollars in cap space like the next closest team is Atlanta at 66 million the Raiders are third around 46 million they can buy and sell anybody like whatever they want didn't sound good but and and it's a good free agency when it comes to to both lines um you, you know definitely defensive line last year the Bears tried to sign uh Larry a gunge boy I can never pronounce his name dude failed his physical. So they're a bit hesitant. This year, there's A. Sean Robinson, uh, DeRon Payne. There's a number of dudes. Hargrave across the defensive front. They can sign. Uh, offensive line. Orlando Brown Jr. from KC. Uh, you know they can trade. They traded away Mac and uh, Roquan Smith. So they don't have a ton on that team. Really terrible in the trenches. On top of that. You got their number one receiver was Darnell Mooney, and he had 493 yards. Cole Komet, the tight end, was their overall leading receiver with, like, 55 catches for, like, 500 yards. Long story short, you got Fields doing all this stuff with no offensive line, no receivers. Get him help and get it now. Because he could die based on the amount of times he was sacked. And that's considering all their bootlegs, all their play calling, all his abil- escapability. They've got money. There's a lot of free agents. They don't have a ton of draft capital yet. Spend your money where you need it. Get more draft capital by trading down, because there's roughly, what, like 10 teams that will do anything for a great quarterback? If they stay there, they get what? Will Anderson, and that's it. Maybe Jalen Carter before the recent news that I won't get into. You can as the resident attorney. But, dude, you are in prime position and have all the leverage. Use your money. Get more picks. Get better.
1: Um, All right, Tom, let me pose this question to you. Something that I heard. um, So... If you're Detroit, and my crooked glasses bother me, so if you're Detroit, another Detroit, if you're Chicago, you have had um, um, what's his quarterback's name?
0: Justin Fields.
1: Fields. You've had Fields for three years. His rookie clock is now coming to an end. You're about to have to pay him or get rid of yeah. him. Wouldn't it be better just to start over on that rookie clock, get a new rookie deal, say take Bryce Young. Trade Fields, get some picks for him. Now you have three years with Young and see, does this work out better?
0: I I see where you're coming from, and, and that does make sense because it looks like maybe Fields has a year or two left on his rookie deal, so it's kind of put up or shut up for him. But like Raj said, the draft capital that they could potentially get – And, and, and if, if I can go back to my lovable Leo's, the lions and, and how they've been able to kind of, you know, build the last couple of years, it's been on draft capital and knowing that there's so many teams that are dying for a quarterback and this being a very quarterback friendly draft, you know, there's going to be a war between these teams for how much can they give up and Chicago's just going to sit back and wait for the best offer. And, and, and they're going to get a good offer because people want Bryce young people want CJ Stroud and for some reason people want Will Levis. So, um, it's like, yeah, there's a potential for them to get the next quarterback just in case. But I think as a Chicago bear looking at as a fan, they're not, they don't want to sit back and, and rely on, you know, another quarterback coming in and the, the, what if they got some good production out of Justin Fields this year. So, uh, I think as a fan, that's something to build off. And and now they just have to build around them. And, and there's good, good defensive players uh, that they can go and get And Chicago's, you know, well known for their defense. So if they get back to brass taxes and, and their bread and butter, that's something that they can do with picking up some draft capital, moving down and then building later in rounds like, like the lions did. So I definitely feel like, um, that is a situation where they're going to wait to the last minute to get the best deal. And, and they have the leverage and, and if they don't get the right deal, then they bring in and, and, and get the right player, um, which, you know, is it a quarterback? We'll see. Is it Jalen Jalen uh, Carter? Who knows what what's the future with him looks like, but I see the bears train down and get in a lot of draft capital. So, you know, that's probably what they'll end up doing.
1: All right. Um, boys, good conversation. It's time for it, Tom Rollett.
0: It. It's time for Bet Your Nuts. Brought to you by River City Media.
1: All right. So Bet Your Nuts pick or time. We're going to give you our picks for the weekend or whatever sporting events coming up. Um, I wouldn't say it's a necessarily a guarantee, but it's as close as you can come to it in the sports gambling world. Um, Brandon, we will start with you. What you got for us this week?
2: I'm going to stick with the golf, man. I'm hot on that right now. Um, you know, fan favorite is uh, Rom right now. He incredible finish today. He finished Eagle, Birdie, Birdie, and he's, of course, leading the pack. Uh, again today uh, at 7-under. So that's that's too much juice for my blood. So I'm going to look down a little bit further. Another golfer who's been playing really well as of late uh, is Max Homa. And he's, it's not great odds, but it's pretty good. He's plus 170 to finish in the top 10. Um, I think he finished 2 or 3-under today. So I like that bet. Uh, you know, this is one of those – top 50 have to play in you know new pga setting Uh, so you've got some good competition there but um max home has been been on fire as of late so i like him to finish in top 10 for plus 170
1: all right raj we'll go to you next what do you got this week for us
3: bro i had a stone cold lock um It was Longwood against Campbell in the big South quarterfinals tomorrow. uh, Campbell's getting five and a half points. Longwood beat them by 24 at no 27 at long or at Campbell and 24 at home or something. But uh, I think Longwood just barely beat one in 16 in conference Presbyterian. So, I guess Longwood has a big injury. Obviously, I didn't prepare much for this segment. So uh, I don't know why Longwood's only a five and a half point favorite against a crappy Campbell team, but that's my bet you're nuts. Not my nuts. Uh, maybe my neutered dog's nuts, but that's what I'm going with.
1: And that boys and girls is what you call reckless speculation. Uh, Tom, what do you got for us?
0: Ah, this week I'm gonna go to Sin City where NASCAR is heading. And I'm looking at uh the last ten uh races. This is my this is my brain work, this is my my philosophy. I always look back at the last ten races, and who's been successful in the last ten races? Well, no, none other than Joey Logano has three victories in the last ten races in las vegas so logano is sitting at a plus 800 go logano uh big time which side note my bet your nuts last week it hit so my philosophy worked last week let's see if it continues to roll this week so logano plus 800 book it
1: i am also going to sin city I'm going to give you a car, but with a little, slightly better odds, who has also been successful here in the past. Um, and that's the thing with NASCAR. Look at what cars, owners, drivers have been successful because they're good on these size tracks. I am going Truex Jr., number 19, and he is going off at 12-1. to 1. I think he won in uh, the Coliseum and sh- has shown okay. I think he brings it back to the green flag, the checkered flag today. On uh, in Vegas so I like truex jr um got Kyle Busch last weekend and then also got the Xfinity driver so feeling good on NASCAR bets this this uh this season so far um with that so we are at one hour and one minute so we're gonna get us out of here um I will start with my final thoughts and then I'll let you guys wrap up um yeah it, you know Um, this month, March, it is a time to enjoy the kids play sports. So the, the tournaments, the conference tournaments, the, the NCAA tournament, it's just a great time to see what was once amateurism, uh, now it's a little bit, you know, semi-pro, but it's good to just for the love of the game and see the fans and see everything. I just love this time of the year, and then rolls over to the Masters coming up quickly. So as much as we all love football season, there's a lot to enjoy in the spring. It's getting warm in Tennessee, um, so I'm just uh, looking forward to this this time of the year and um, what it comes to bring. And uh, good meeting Tom over the weekend. Good to make new friendships and uh and his wife christina and um also I hope you guys find the dog
0: thanks probably that means a lot and uh um, it was definitely great meeting you and brandon uh, unfortunately it didn't meet raj it did it wasn't in the cards uh maybe next time but uh, my final words are uh all the talk earlier this year in the NBA was LeBron uh, eclipsing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the the points record, um, but I'm going to go no further than downtown Detroit, the University of Detroit Mercy, uh, Antoine Davis, who's on the verge of breaking the the NCAA points record held by Pistol Pete Maravich. So. U uh, of doesn't get much pre, uh, pub, obviously uh, in the horizon league, a, a, a lower division one, uh, you know, school. Uh, but it's a big deal. It's a, it's a big record held by uh, one of the greatest point guards to ever play, uh, not only college basketball, but NBA. So uh, around here, it's a big deal. He, tonight he fell three points short. Uh, he needed 25, he got 22. But my final words are, you know, this small school, that you know doesn't get a lot of pub now it's getting some pub with with uh antoine davis and it looks like he'll get it in the next game uh which is really cool for for the 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 conference it's really good for this uh for the school so it's antoine davis three points short of the overall points record for the ncaa held by pistol pete narevich so i'll kick it over to brandon
2: yeah so Bring it back a little bit. I am a fan of the pitch count in MLB. Um, I know I didn't get to speak on that. Not a huge baseball guy like these guys, but uh, I'm a fan of the pitch count. Saves roughly 25 minutes or so of just nothing. Like pitchers walking around the mound, batters, you know, strapping up their gloves. It's just, you know, a waste of time. So I'm I'm a fan of that. I am – not a fan of the switch change. Like I did like the switch rule. Like it forces a hitter to you know, change his style a little bit and, and actually, you know, show a little bit more athleticism in my opinion. Now, I get the, the purists love, you know, the old rules where you, know, go back and can't switch. Get that anyway, I'll get off the soapbox. Um, that, and looking forward to March Madness, this is when I tune in to basketball, college basketball. kind of like playoffs in MLB and, you know, World Series. So uh, big time, big things ahead. And as Robbie mentioned, uh, you know, we got the players coming up next week, and then uh, the Masters is not too far around the corner. So looking forward to some golf.
3: Um, My final thoughts are regarding Alabama Uh, as an Indian American and with a father who's a doctor and a sister who's a doctor i knew one thing despite my solid weighted gpa and somehow getting into the number seven public school in america flex flex that's uc san diego uh the usc thing is a different story but that i didn't want to be a doctor and um i got a full ride to the University of Cincinnati for law school, so I was like, why not? When I was there, the president of the university, when it comes to everything, including PR, was Bob Huggins, the basketball coach. Segway, Alabama. Nate Oates apparently is the president of the university. He is the one making decisions, poor decisions. He is the figurehead of the school when asked by the president Stuart Bell, they said it was, quote, a group decision and about Brandon Miller playing. A- and to me, it's analogous. And I think it's a horrible analogy, but it's the one I wanted to end with of a firing squad that, you, you know, at everyone, no one wants to be the individual responsible for anything, let alone a bad decision that could blow up in their face. And it's one person's job, and that's the university president. And when he's mute and everything, all of the above, um, what's that tell you? It it means there are other things more important at the university than, number one, academics and the university president, what he should stand for. Um, But number two, and I don't want to make the stretch, you know, too far of a stretch, but doing what's right. So it's just hard not to think Bama is selling their soul for wins. And uh, I think that's the pervasive thought around the country.
1: Yes, I, I, I agree. And that's well said. And it's going to be a theme that keeps getting louder and louder as they progress in the Final Four. And we don't want a Final Four about that. Um, side note, before we go off, what's, what is that whiteboard behind you? What all kind of thoughts do you have on that thing? who me yeah
3: oh when you leave the legal field and you get into medical sales if you don't write something down immediately this side is what stephanie tells me yeah like i have to do because if i don't write it down it's dunzo Game over so
1: it's everything that i need to do uh otherwise i get
3: really in trouble
1: that's quite a system and quite a um unstable riding pattern you have there oh <laughs>
3: story of my life dude if you want to get a better shot you know what's even worse is i actually have two others in my office that you'll oh, see shit. one and two
1: hey i'm a big <laughs> i'm a big i'm a big whiteboard fan yeah. uh, i have a couple of my this office. is the, it's the, just the, for my brain and one more question for, one more question before we get off where do you keep your clock
3: clock
0: in his pocket
3: i told you i'm on ist which for our listeners is indian standard time which is an hour and a half after whatever you are told to be there or be at that's ist so oh boy whenever the squeaky wheel
1: gets grease an hour and a half later all right well everyone thank you for listening it's been great as always we'll be back this time next week and Sunday after that. So uh, tune in next week. We will have um, some heartbreak at the conference tournament. Early conference tournament games. Some previews. To the end. Are we then- doing a selection show or something like that?
0: Yes.
3: Dude, I don't know. I've told yes. you. I, I haven't looked at my clock.
1: We, oh, are, we also, are. We are also <laughs> debating a uh, intro to Google Docs for Raj. Oh.
0: Yeah. We'll keep you posted, Raj.
2: Yeah, I'll send you a YouTube training video on Google, Google Docs. docs?
1: <laughs>
3: what is this Google you speak of? You said docs. <laughs> hey, my family was all doctors, but <laughs> I'm not a docs. What is docs? Oh. all right.
0: Uh, Thanks, everyone. Cultural appropriation. See you next week, everyone. Uh, See yeah. you guys. Thanks for listening to Riffer City Media's own Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube, searching Reckless Speculation. and Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers.